0: Hello, hello everyone. Let me move this away from me a little bit. Welcome to Sunday Messages. And I also, before we get started, um, about the podcast, just so you know. I have decided that the live show and how I do these episodes is likely going to be the pillar. Like I even think I'm going to move away from calling them PTA episodes and just make them thematic. And from now on, just assume the Sunday show that comes out, or if you're watching it live, the Wednesday show, is going to have... A collective prayer. It's going to have maybe a little bit of housekeeping, anything that needs to be known. It's going to have any submissions that come from online, any type of riffing that I want to do. I I think I'm just going to flesh this out a little bit more completely and say the Sunday shows are going to be like the staple. And then if I do release any other podcasts, it's going to be additional. So that's how I'm going to be structuring it from now on, and I do think that the Sunday episodes will just have more of a theme or um, something that I'm going to be riffing on, and that will be like the meat of the podcast, the same way that we did it last week. And then if there's any other segments, I'll make sure to put them up on the podcast But if you've been following me on YouTube or Instagram and sometimes TikTok, I'm not always able to repost on TikTok, but I've been doing a lot of video content. And so if you want more of my content, more riffing, more chit chat, I've been posting videos for it just on my phone. As soon as I get a thought, it's like I... I talk about it to the camera. So I'm not able to like strip all all of the audio off. That would kind of be a lot of work. So I'm only telling you this in case you do want more content. I am posting, but if you're exclusively a podcast listener, I would say jump over to YouTube if you're not on Instagram. So I just wanted to address that here and let you know my plans and intentions for the podcast. And the other thing... Cosmic Council starts tomorrow, so if you're watching this on Sunday, the 18th, we start tomorrow, the 19th. So if you're interested in joining, you still can. I'll probably keep the doors open for a few more days, and then we will close things down and just go straight in, and And that container will be sealed up until next year. So if you want to get in, we have an awesome lineup. There's nine guides. You're welcome to check it out. The link will be in the description box. Next thing, Apex starts on October 1st and applications are open until it's full or September 30th, whichever one comes first. So if you're wanting to be in more of an intimate container with me, if you want access to me, if you want to go through the Apex protocol yourself, now is the time. Now is the time to jump in. It's going to be awesome. I'm very much looking forward to it. So now you know. Now you know. And is there anything else? I don't think so. I think that's it for housekeeping. Okay, now I don't have any submissions this week, actually. So no prayers, no advice column, no celebrations, nothing. So I I do have a topic that I want to discuss with you. We're going to talk about compassion fatigue and we are going to do a collective prayer and we're going to pull some tarot. So let's start with the collective prayer. Let me tune in for a moment. Give me a second. Some of you are in deep need of rest, relaxation, a sense of peace throughout your system. I'm getting, for a lot of you, it's going to be a great restorative week. So I'm in full agreement for there to be this wave of peace and relaxation just washing over your entire body. I'm in full agreement for you to remember that everything is available to you. Everything is going to be okay, and for you to take a big picture vision. So, a lot of the time, if you're experiencing any type of turbulence, frustration, more than likely you're just really zoomed in to a particular issue. If you zoom out, you're able to see the story through, and I'm in full agreement for you to see the story through, for you to see the fuller picture, the bigger picture, for you to have a sense of resilience and understanding that there's so much more that's going to be unfolding, even over the next week. And I'm also in full agreement for you to remember that There are infinite solutions and your brain cannot access logically all solutions available. So I'm in full agreement for you to let go of the need to logically force a solution and instead just allow the right next steps, the right solution to land for you. Full agreement for that. Anything else? Full agreement for there to be balance or rather toggling between embodiment and the mindset piece. So for you to calibrate both at the same time, what I'm what I'm seeing is just having all of the different cogs and wheels working together like a well-oiled machine in what composes your energetic body. So it's not only the physical piece, it is also the mental piece, and usually we can get a little bit stuck if we're in one rather than the other. So I'm in full agreement for you to consider both at the same time. Like even if you have to toggle between both, I'm in full agreement for you to just feel where there could be a deficit where you need to give a little bit more TLC and get your body or mind caught up with your desire and for you to feel confident in doing so. So I'm just going to leave that there. Okay. So let's talk compassion fatigue. I feel like this is not... Discussed nearly enough, and I know that it can be a really difficult topic for people. And the reason why I'm talking about this today is because right before this call, I had to tell someone that I was experiencing compassion fatigue. Like I had to set some serious boundaries minutes ago. I had to send a text, and I I understand why there's a lot of fear around doing something like this. I totally get it. Because when someone is in a really dark headspace, and if you are someone who is asked to hold space often, which I know a lot of people who are drawn to my work are natural space holders. That's something that you're good at, that you already know how to do. That's just the type of person who's typically drawn to this work and there can be a sensation of pressure that because you're a good space holder, you should. And I want to remind you, that is not the case at all. It's not true that just because you can hold space, you should, or because someone is hurting, that that means you should, you know, use your energetic bandwidth in order to, um support them so it is it it does not mean that just because you can you should it really is keeping that in mind when we're when we're considering holding space and in order for you to understand where to set boundaries with this type of thing or like it okay let me give you a few more details about what this situation was for me i have a friend who has a recurring issue and it's one of those issues where there's nothing I can say, there's nothing I can do, there's no amount of reassurance I can offer, There's n- language won't help, words don't help in the situation, and it's gotten to the point where reflecting, reflecting, witnessing, which is usually the energetically conservative approach, wasn't cutting it. And it wasn't helping, it was still costing me energy, and this friend was in the habit of continually bringing this thing to me. And I understand that she's in a position where there's not a lot of people she can discuss this with or be honest with. But it got to the point where now I'm like on the precipice of resentment and irritation and getting annoyed. And if I feel that there might come a time when I'm now irritated that I'm being texted, we've got a problem. And whose problem is that? It's not hers. It's not her problem. It's my problem. Because I'm in charge of what I allow. What I give permission to is what I'm going to receive more of. So she was texting me, you know, sending me all just in a really dark headspace with this same issue that has come up again and again and again and again. And, again. and I, I just felt myself like I, I don't have the bandwidth for this. And even though she is having a hard time, it was, are we both going to have a hard time? Am I going to allow this and we're both going to be in a bad head space? Or am I going to draw a line in the sand here and say, okay, that's enough, right? And so I just let her know that... My suggestion, my original suggestion has remained the same. I have one suggestion and one suggestion only. I've already communicated that to you. I need to let you know, I can't hold space for this anymore. This is beyond something that that I can support you with. I'm now starting to experience compassion fatigue. And that is something... I'm deviating from the text message for a moment. I feel like people don't consider that compassion fatigue is absolutely real. Holding space takes a lot of energy. Sometimes it's work, just like anything else. And someone having access to your space holding abilities, it's like you understand people get paid for that. And there's a reason why people get paid for it, because it's a lot of work. Because it's energetic space holding, and endlessly doing it for free can be really taxing. And it's like, of course, there's, there's something to be said about reciprocal relationships where you're supporting each other, and that can be a beautiful thing. But that's not where this situation was. And when someone is bringing the same issue again and again and again, More than likely, it's going to fatigue you. It's like if it's fatiguing them and they're bringing it to you, it's going to fatigue you too. It's like that fatigue is contagious. And so I let her know, like, I'm having compassion fatigue. You need to reach out to a professional because I can't do this. Right? Now, the reason why a lot of people have a difficult time doing this, is they do not want to be responsible for any cascade of events that happens as a result, right? So like I said, she's having a hard time in a really bad headspace, and it's like, oh no, if if I say that, what if this is the straw that broke the camel's back? Now, my one, there's nothing you can do about that. There's nothing I can do if if she snaps and is like, oh, see, I'm too much and uses it as a reason to beat herself up. There's nothing I can do about that. What like what are the options here? And this is where you're either a martyr or you risk being an asshole and, of course, it's a difficult position for a lot of people to be in. I don't blame anyone for not wanting to be an asshole. So it's not that I don't understand. I do understand. But when you when you play out this story a little bit longer, you realize that there is no good way or there's no good timing. There's no good timing. Because understand... I've had the conversation where I've said, I can't reach you on this topic. We can't communicate on this topic. I can't offer you anything on this topic. You need to seek professional help. You need to seek professional help. You need to seek professional help. That conversation has happened multiple times in the right setting, in the right headspace. That happened already. Now. No more. I'm not available for this anymore. We can't talk to th- about this anymore. No go. And th- you have to lay down the law sometimes. Could she respond really badly to it? Yep. 100%. But that's always the risk. The same way if you carry on if you endlessly hold space, you could react badly. You could snap. You could blow up. You could say something really cutting and rude because you didn't catch yourself a few steps before that resentment really set in. Or you get avoidant. That ruins the relationship. Right, So there's all of these ways where it's like that energy is going to come out whether you like it or not. Whether it's expressed as avoidance or fear or an explosion at some point in the relationship, it's going to come out. Your responsibility is to keep an eye on where you're at. It's to be honest, right? So when when I originally communicated, I don't have the skill set to help you with this. I don't. There there are some things, even as a friend, I am not equipped to help people with. I know that about myself. And this is this is a whole other conversation, but I feel like we really want to get good at, collectively, understanding what we're not good at, what is not within our skill set, what what we don't want to get too deep into when we don't have the right equipment. And there's a lot of people who don't have enough humility to take themselves there and say, I'm not the right person for this. I'm not the right person to be holding space, or I'm not the right person to be having this conversation with. I don't have the tools for this. That requires a level of humility that I know a lot of people don't want to acknowledge or they don't want to embody because it, I mean, there's in in a certain regard, it can feel like you're stupid if you're really critical of yourself and judgmental with yourself, but it is so important to express that and communicate that in serious situations or where there is a lot of tension or high emotions so that that person can go help, get the help that they need. Seriously, if you're ill-equipped and you're not being transparent about that or if you don't know something but you're trying to put on a facade like you do, that's irresponsible. It just is. And none of us are going to be experts at everything. That's just a ridiculous idea that you're going to have all the tools for all the problems every single time. Not necessarily. And there are different stages for what someone is available and ready for. This particular this particular situation I feel like would would be great for a traditional somatic therapist. I think that someone with a slightly holistic approach but really practical skills or tools <clears throat> would be great in this situation. So it's like you have to know, uh, and I'm not saying you would necessarily need to know that for another person. It's more that there are different things, there's different techniques, different approaches, different strategies for different phases, different chapters. Just everything has a complementary flavor that is helpful. And so understanding that that's not going to be you every single time, is crucial. Sitting and tolerating something while in the back of your mind you are bitter and resentful and wanting that person to stop, that is your issue. Having an awareness of, am I fatigued by the amount that I'm holding space? That's compassion fatigue. You know, and this is why it's easier in a professional context, like it's for me, it's so much easier to hold space for a client than to hold space for a friend because the energetic exchange is so clean and the container is so tidy that it's not, it it doesn't feel draining Friendships can get really muddy. Family relationships can also get really muddy if you have that type of dynamic. Even partnerships or relationships with your kids, right? All of those can be really exhausting. So you have to have a deep sense of awareness of what's going on with you. And the people who are going to have the hardest time with this are the ones who are not quite as sensitive to how they're becoming avoidant, right? So if you're used to people pleasing and like kicking the can down the road and like, no, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can hold space again. It's okay. I can hold space again. I, I don't want them to be uncomfortable. So I'm just going to delay it, delay it, delay it. You're going to be more blind to what is happening in your internal world as far as Is there some simmering irritation happening? That is the point in which you want to be able to catch this. And being able to feel the distinguishing point in between do I really feel good about this? Do I feel good about having this conversation and holding space? Am I going to walk away from this conversation and feel frustrated or bitter or pissed off or exhausted? Being able to forecast that is its own skill. So practice now. And you might have those friends or those relatives or whoever that you really can keep an eye on um, with this because it's important. It's important to know the line for yourself. Is there anything else on this topic? Communicating responsibly is another thing that you will be able to do better and more effectively when you're in the early stages. So for example, if you are like, knee-deep in resentment, communicating responsibly is going to be a lot harder than if you can catch it before your emotional state gets to that point. So had I waited until a few more conversations go by, I'm I'm going to get meaner because my emotional state is worse. And this is the other thing where... Even if it's uncomfortable in the moment, it's, do you want to be mean now or do you want to be meaner later? (laughs) Those are kind of your options. Because once again, that energy is going to come out one way or another. And the sooner you can catch it, the more responsible and grounded your communication will be. But when the emotions start to get too intense, the communication style is what suffers. So you keep that in mind as well. Like responsible communication, is everyone going to get that right every time? No. But understanding where you're at, what your emotional threshold is for this situation is going to be a game changer, because then if you're like, ooh, I can feel that, I can feel myself, like in a few conversations, I'm not gonna be nice. Great, like you want the ability to be proactive with this. Let me read this comment. I'm seriously going through a situation like this right now, so this is super helpful. I've really been trying to figure out how to deal with it in the best way, so I'm glad that I caught this, thank you. Yes, 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 that's also why I'm like, of course, I have no issue setting boundaries even even in high-risk situations. So, I would have I would describe today's conversation as being high risk because of the intensity of her emotional state, the topic of discussion, the situation going on in her life. Right? Like all of those things is like a heavily loaded Discussion. And so the boundaries that I had to set today were high risk. Anyone looking at the situation would be like, Ooh, I don't know if now is the right time to set boundaries. But I could feel myself. I could feel like one more conversation like this, I'm going to blow a gasket kind of thing. Like it's it's getting to that point after repeatedly giving giving my one suggestion. I've got one solution and go get professional help. That's it. That's all I have to say about this. And so even though it's like she she what I would say is the odds are that she read my text and i don't know if she hasn't responded to me but the chances are because of her headspace she probably read my text and started beating herself up about it that's just likely and there's nothing i can do about that her response to this it's like i i have to make sure that i'm being as responsible with my energy And with my communication it is possible. That is my job. Placating her is not my job. She can digest it however she wants, but I cannot endlessly coddle her. Right? It just can't be done. Like, I, I can't kick the can down the road. I can't make myself available for these things. Right? So it's just, it's difficult a lot of the time. So even in situations, oh, here's the other piece. When there is something high risk, right? So when when it is like someone's in a really dark headspace, it's kind of like there's no right time. There's never going to be a right time to set a boundary because the person is in a bad head headspace. So what are you going to do? The only thing you can do to mitigate damage is make sure that you're communicating as responsibly as possible. Like clear, for my style at least, is I'm clear, no bullshit, still loving. I love you. I'm sorry you're having a hard time. I only have one suggestion, which I've told you repeatedly. Go get help for this. I'm not it anymore. Like, it, and it doesn't have to be that concise, but you get the, I'm giving you the bullet points just as far as like, you can communicate with love, but also not not feed into the placating with any of this. So your ability to stay in your heart as you communicate is going to be better for everyone involved than if you delay things to the point where you can't, you're so resentful, you can't stay in your heart when you communicate. Does that make sense? Like still, when when I was sending that text, I was like, okay, good. I can still feel my heart. <laughs> I can still speak from here, still set boundaries, keep everyone involved, everyone um, in consideration because that's the other thing. When you're super resentful, you're going to, at a certain point, a switch is going to flip and you're going to have to choose yourself hardcore. When you are a little bit more proactive, when you catch it ahead of time, then you can actually be more considerate of what is good for you and the other person and the relationship to a degree that, is, that feels better. Right, but sometimes when the more tension in self-neglect and abandoning yourself for the sake of holding space for another person, the tension becomes so great and you've neglected yourself so much in this situation to the point where it's like a slingshot and you have to radically choose yourself. And it's like, that's a more difficult situation to get into. And I think a lot of people hope that this situation will diffuse on its own. When is that ever, when does that happen? (laughs) When do situations ever organically diffuse? I have yet to see that personally. Usually they just continue to pick up steam, right? So that's story time for today. Any questions about any of this? And then we'll go into tarot. I'm going to shuffle. But if you have questions, send them. Oh no, my hair is stuck. All right, what do you need to know this week? Okay, we have the Knight of Cups. Lovely. Love this for us. And again, it's sticking with that theme of like, stay in your heart while you're doing things. And then we have the Fool. So we have Risk, Exploration, trying something new, doing something different, taking a new approach, trying a new strategy. Okay, so the risk piece is really uh coming through right now what i'm getting for some of you is that there's been a risk that you've been contemplating taking or there's something that you're really being called to do or nudged to do there's like a a recurring thing where it's like go do that thing go do that thing go do that thing and it might feel like a big risk but i just want to invite you to consider if you haven't been taking any type of risks, then is is there a greater risk in taking a risk or complacency? And that's what comes up for a lot of people is like the, the status quo, the comfortable, the way that I've always done it or something different, shaking things up, doing something you've never done before or taking a big risk on yourself in some capacity, right but but at a certain point the stagnation the complacency and the doing things how you've always done them is the bigger risk and so this week is just asking you uh, we keep it's like your guides are saying like hey we keep sending you this thing now what what are you going to do about it if you've been contemplating it well if, if it continually comes up again and again and again, and it's something you desire, and it's only fear of risk, right? That, that's where it's like you're, you're getting called to something bigger. Cause that's what the fool really is. It's, you're going on this adventure. There's this journey. There's something in front of you, but it involves risk. It involves a jump. So. I don't know. I don't know what that is. What risk are you taking? Ooh. And then we have the lovers. Love that for us. Okay. So obviously, because we have the Knight of Cups on the table too, this could have something to do with vulnerability. Cause I'm getting, you know, obviously in the lover's card, they're naked and it's like, running naked through life type of energy like being in that state of vulnerability but apply and expand vulnerability to multiple contexts is it vulnerability in your work is it vulnerability in your creativity is it in your relationships is it expressing a side of you that maybe you've been been keeping dormant or hidden for a long time what is it like reveal more the the risk in revealing is going to be really good for you and the Knight of Cups I think is just reminding us to stay anchored in our hearts as we take risks as we reveal ourselves and in the in the risks that you're taking even in situations and circumstances in your life right so stay in your heart because that's going to lead to good things. If you pop out of your heart, if you're like in endless terror, doubt, scarcity, right? If you watch Seven Deadly Shadows, that's the type of step that leads to disconnection, misalignment, and does not produce good results. When you come back into your heart, back into alignment, then it gets a lot easier. Then you can trust the unfolding. And I'm not talking about staying your heart from a people-pleasing, bleeding heart kind of way. Remember, we're not talking about martyrdom. Martyrdom is like that, that whiny mom, that, that whiny mother archetype, like, oh, I've done so much for you. Don't you know how much I do for you? Don't you know how much I sacrifice for you? Okay, w- no. That's not staying in your heart. That's not staying in your heart. So you want to be clear. on when am I truly connected to my heart? And can I do more things from a heart-based, a heart-centered space? And then, and then do things, right? So great time to take risks, but I would say, Some of you are going to be considering the retrograde, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I have to say about that. If something has repeatedly pinged you over and over and over retrograde, what you don't want to do during a retrograde is impulsively do something. Like don't impulsively buy a new car. That's usually what people are talking about. What I'm saying, if something has been poking at you, if something has been nudging you, if it's like hey 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 hey. Come here, come do this thing. That's the type of stuff where it's like listen, there's something in the repetitive nature of this message and of this prompting that continually comes to you, so play with it. But it should it should feel soul expanding. Risky, sure, but the fear and excitement is something that you're going to have to distinguish. Fear feels like contraction. Expansion and excitement, it can still feel like nerve-wracking, but it's a different flavor. So you have to get good at distinguishing which is which. Is this fear like a contracted avoidance? No, 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 no. Or is this actually excitement and I'm just afraid of things going sideways and I'm entertaining irresponsible thought forms? Because there's a difference between those things too. And the lovers is just like, be vulnerable, be open-hearted, reveal yourself, show yourself, express parts of yourself that you've been wanting to, you know, open up, open up, open up yourself to what is next, what you would like more of, what you desire, what feels good to you, how you want to show up in the world. Just just more. The world wants more of you. <sighs> okay, my friends, that is all that I have for you today. I hope you've enjoyed this call. This was a big one. Um, anything else? Cosmic Council starts tomorrow apex or uh if you're watching the live show it starts on monday but the replayers it starts tomorrow and then apex starts on october 1st i'm (laughs) i'm so excited i'm like salivating ready to start apex i cannot even tell you so uh get in anything that you'd like i love you all thank you for stopping by make sure you drop a comment if any of this resonated and i will talk to you next time Bye.